And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right. Covering down on some ground across the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville. Tuscaloosa back over to Gadsden. Parts of Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, of course, Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi thrown in just for good measure. That's what happens when I get distracted while I'm talking and saying things that I'm used to being able to say without distraction. Right. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> hey, the uh, speaking of distractions, man, the uh, text lines. You want to text in, the number is 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. You can text that line. You can call that line. Same one. Um, so, uh, so basically Lee from Huntsville has a fan fan club. club. She has a fan club. Yes. But Lee has her own right side ruffian uh, class going on right now. Tony from Piedmont. Kudos to Lee. Spot on. Leanne from Huntsville. I want to be BFFs with Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trina from Elkmont. Can you have Lee repeat all of it again? I was on the phone and missed most of it. <laughs> uh, Jerry from Meridianville. I love Lee, or I heart Lee is what he said. Uh, JT from Lacey Springs. Lee, could you be more clear? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. That's what happens when you have great listeners, when you have right-side ruffians out there who are not only sharp and conservative, they're super articulate, too. Um, so, anyway. All right. Hey. Uh, moving to the first part of the Triple Dipper, live free or die. So a case um, went to the Supreme Court, and here's what happened yesterday. So, um, you know, we've been, <laughs> we've been on a winning streak right now, uh, y'all, conservatives have with the Supreme Court. Um, we didn't get a new win. It wasn't a loss per se. It was just uh, we're not going to do that right now. So here's the deal. Um, you remember back earlier last year, um, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin was the landmark case that was decided by the uh, Supreme Court of the United States, uh, and it basically did away with draconian gun control laws that were in place in the state of New York. So, based upon the means or the manner, excuse me, in which the uh, the justices wrote their opinion, uh, the state of New York went back to the drawing board and started drawing up new ways to control um, people's uh, lives and possession of firearms and immediately had to face a lawsuit again. So the Supreme Court rejected a bid, it says here on Fox News. The Supreme Court rejected a bid by New York gun retailers on Wednesday to block a slew of new gun control laws in the state, which they argue violate their Second Amendment rights and hurt their businesses. Um, There were no dissents and no explanations. Here's what happens. The way it works is when something reaches the Supreme Court level, at first it has to be taken up. So there has to be a plurality of the judges willing to hear the arguments on this case. And they can decline to take it up, which means that basically, no, you don't get a hearing. Well, that's what happened here. So a guy named, uh, uh, I guess it's a guy, I don't know, Paloma Campana, uh, the lead attorney for the New York gun retailer, said, we're disappointed that not one of the nine justices saw fit to grant the plaintiffs some stay of enforcement of the new laws. We are challenging the ability of the state of New York to target dealers and firearms uh, in the where am I? And then fire in the lawful, lawful stream of uh, commerce to put them out of business, which is what the new laws will do. So it was unfortunate, he said, we couldn't get a grant or, of an emergency temporary injunction against those laws. All right. It doesn't mean their case is over. It means they couldn't get it enjoined at the lower level long term. They, they, they want it to be enjoined while the merits of the case go on. Well, they didn't get the injunction they wanted. Um, Wednesday's order, it says, comes one week after the high court rejected a separate bid by gun rights activists to block the Concealed Carry Improvement Act in New York. So in other words, there were two major lawsuits. 
both uh, were denied uh, injunctive relief at the lower level, lower courts, and neither uh, were taken up by the Supreme Court to see whether they could enjoin them while they, you know, pursue the merits of the case. Anyway, this uh, particular law, the new law, uh, prohibits carrying a gun in sensitive areas such as stadiums, houses of worship, museums, parks, and other places. It imposes revised record-keeping and new safety requirements on retailers, and it mandates background checks on even ammunition purchases. Good Lord, yeah, yeah, wow. Now, that's just one. I mean, live free or die, this is, here's the deal. The fight continues, y'all. Just when you think you've won, they open up a new front. The opposition is not going to let up. They do not care that the Second Amendment is embedded in the Constitution. They want the Second Amendment to be gone. And they are not going to be satisfied until they are able to either, A, redefine the Second Amendment to meet their own version of it, or B, just do away with it. Well, good luck. However, they keep trying. Townhall.com, dated yesterday. By the way, that story about the Supreme Court, that was also yesterday. Illinois gun control law faces its first legal challenge. So you may have heard Illinois just passed a new law, House Bill 5471, which is believed by many to violate the U.S. Constitution. Go figure. It was filed on behalf of over 800 plaintiffs in downstate Illinois. The suit seeks a temporary restraining order to restore the plaintiff's constitutional right to bear arms while it proceeds to the court. Okay. It says citizens from 87 counties joined in an effort to defend their right to bear arms and to further stand up against tyrannical ways from their legislature and the governor. NBC Chicago reports that a second lawsuit was also filed against the law, claiming violations of not just the Second Amendment, but the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. Um, The law bans, you ready for this? Semi-automatic sporting rifles, as well as high-capacity magazines and, quote, rapid-firing devices. Okay. Okay. Predictably, it says firearm sales spiked at some gun stores leading up to the gun control law being put in place. Sheriffs in several parts of the state are saying they won't enforce it. Um, it's just it's basically, I mean, Boomer, I swear, you and I are gun guys. I, I, whenever I see these things, I don't think the people who, who, who are generally activists against the Second Amendment even understand firearms. They, they don't. Absolutely they don't. I, I would even uh, be... Uh, put on record to say half of them, I mean, obviously they don't have a gun because they don't even know yeah. really how to use it or even what the you know, purpose is for them. I mean, yeah, like, like they never held one. They, they don't never think. held one. They don't, they don't understand. And by the way, the vast majority of firearm issues are with illegal possession or, for that matter, Ill- criminal use of a firearm. It's not like, you're, I mean, you're, these bans only hurt the people who abide by the laws. Correct. I mean, so they're they're putting all that on the ones that are the law-abiding citizens, because guess what? All those criminals are going to get that gun no matter what, even if those laws are in place. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, So now they're making it hard for us to defend ourselves if that uh, arises in the future. Cold dead fingers. Ah. Okay. (laughs) Matt Gates, Representative Matt Gates, congressman from Florida, uh, introduced a bill. Story here on Fox News, dated... Yesterday, I told you this is all new stuff, y'all. Matt Gates introduces a bill to abolish the ATF. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> now, now, first of all, I will tell you, it's not going to happen. Um, this is a shot across the bow. This is a this is literally a um, uh, basically putting the smack down in a public way against an organization or an, or, a, or a regulatory body, a uh, branch of government, really. Um, 
it's not going to pass. But what it does is it gives him the ability to go to the podium and make noise. He gets to use his bully pulpit. Um, and I don't, I don't fault him for it. I'm just saying, don't anybody out there get excited. They're doing away with the ATF. No, they're not. Um, Representative Matt Gates introduced a bill to eliminate the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms following a controversial ruling that tightens regulations on pistol-stabilizing braces. So here's the deal. Um, just this past week, I believe it was, the ATF came out with new regulations that if you use what's called a pistol brace, which, which is basically it's, or like a forearm brace, it's, it's something that you can, I've never used one, but I've seen them, where you can actually mount your, your, your pistol on it and, and, and then it has an extended arm that you can brace against your bicep or you can even put it up against your shoulder. Some say that it's, it's, it's a, a means by which uh, handicapped folks can go to the range and be able to shoot in a more controlled manner because they, don't have to have, they can't have both hands or they don't have control with one arm or something. Uh, that's one. The other is, so what? It, it's, it's just a cool thing that gives you the ability to, you know, brace your pistol while you're shooting it. I'm not sure how this saves lives. But the ATF that regulates certain firearms through what's called the National Firearms Act, and those are things like short-barreled weapons, which are illegal, which is another story in itself, short-barreled weapons, uh, automatic weapons and suppressed weapons or suppressors themselves. They're all controlled through the National Firearms Act. The ATF has to give you licensing authority to have them. You have to get the stamps basically on your, you know, the, to, to be allowed to have them. Um, okay, so now when you put a brace on a pistol, they've decided that qualifies it as a short-barreled rifle, and therefore they can block you from having it, and it becomes a felony because you now have a short-barreled rifle without the consent of the ATF. What? Okay, that's where we are, folks. Anything and everything they can do to dismantle gun ownership, they're going to do it. So Gates introduced uh, House Resolution 374, the Abolish the ATF Act, saying that their most recent ruling from the ATF was the final straw. His words, he says, the continued existence of the ATF is increasingly unwarranted based on the actions they're taking to convert law-abiding people into felons. He says, my bill would abolish the ATF. If that doesn't work, we're going to try defunding the ATF. If that doesn't work, we're going to target the individual bureaucrats at the top of the ATF. And if that doesn't work, we're going to take a meat cleaver to the statutes the ATF believes broadly authorize their actions. Um, all right. So, first of all, I don't have a true beef with the ATF. But I have a beef with bureaucrats who make decisions that are best done by the legislative bodies. I don't believe the ATF had the authority to reclassify weapons in this capacity. Uh, and so I'm, I'm curious to see whether they could stand up under legal scrutiny with this one. And we'll see. Uh, what else I got here? Well, you'll be happy to know that Colorado, the land of, uh, you know, legalized recreational marijuana, um, at the very least has people out there that still love their firearms. <laughs> I'm not sure I should have put those in the same paragraph. <laughs> legalized uh, marijuana and, and firearms. firearms. Yeah. It's all good, man. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, the Rocky Mountain Gun Owners Club, a Colorado Second Amendment advocacy group, is lying in wait. They got rumors. There's a draft bill that was leaked out in the state legislature, and the Rocky Mountain Gun Owners Club caught wind of it. The bill is sponsored by three Democrats. Go figure. It was leaked to the Rocky Mountain Gun Owners Club by what they called an unlikely ally. I'm not sure what that means. 
The bill would, quote, prohibit a person from possessing, manufacturing, importing, purchasing, selling, offering to sell, or transferring ownership of an assault weapon. And the bill then defines what an assault weapon is. Are you ready for this? Yes. (laughs) An assault weapon is a semi-automatic rifle that has the capacity to attach a detachable magazine and has one or more of the other following characteristics. It can have a pistol grip. It can have... (laughs) a feature capable of functioning as a protruding grip. I don't know what that means. It could have a folding stock that could enhance the ability to conceal the weapon. What the frick? I mean, a folding stock now make Okay, a flash suppressor. Okay, pretty much almost every rifle has some version of a, of a flash suppressor. Anyway, a functional grenade launcher. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and... I'm going to go ahead and hazard a guess that if you've got... If you've got a grenade launcher. If you got a weapon with a grenade launcher, <laughs> you're in an entirely different category, and you don't need to be in a state that has recreational marijuana. Um, <laughs> has a shroud attached to the barrel, has a threaded barrel, a threaded barrel. Threaded barrel? I mean, so if I got Come a on. 1-9 twist on my AR in, in the, my chrome-lined barrel, it's automatically taboo in Colorado. Why? Okay. Um, a semi-automatic rifle that has a fixed large-capacity magazine. Well, pray mm. tell. What is a large-capacity magazine? I think a large-capacity magazine is, for them, a magazine, period. <laughs> Any type of That's magazine. That's right. Take me to a break, brother. We'll do that. We'll come right back and wrap this up. You might be curious, is there a city in the South that just became a sanctuary city for firearms? <laughs> yes, there is. And what are they saying is the next role that libs need to take to prevent gun uh, possession? Well, it has to deal with buying bullets. I'll tell you about it when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Uh, can't even get to all the text messages coming in. Um, my, my word. And then uh, John from Huntsville did say, grenade launcher. <laughs> That's how I can get rid of that old trashy rocket. He doesn't like the rocket, John from Huntsville. No, he does not. <laughs> uh, just, I'm, I'm disappointed, John. I just, John, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving you a grade today then. How about that? <laughs> John, John sends us a grade every day. Phil, you got a C minus today. Okay. I don't know what I did wrong, but okay. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, the, Brian from Huntsville, no firearms in a house of worship by law. I foresee signs on church instances. We reserve the right to refuse services. <laughs> I don't see That's a good point. Um, all right. Hey, listen, uh, it's kind of interesting to me as we talk about second amendment, live free or die. As we talk about second amendment and the efforts to either preserve and or, you know, do away with the second amendment rights around the nation. Uh, there are cities like Lynchburg, Virginia, that just a few few days ago, uh, according to uh, local station WSET up in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, um, that declared themselves a Second Amendment sanctuary city for Second Amendment rights. That's that's interesting. Kind of a swipe back at all of those lib cities that want to have you know sanctuary cities for illegal immigration or what. By the way, I don't hear anybody passing a new resolution to be a sanctuary city for illegal immigration these days. <laughs> Anyway, uh, 
says Lynchburg's new city council voted Tuesday evening in favor of being a Second Amendment sanctuary city. The final vote was five to two. According to the agenda for the session, the topic was only supposed to be discussed but not voted on. But then a councilman made a motion to go ahead and vote on it. Another one seconded it. And all five of the Republicans on the council supported it. Um, but the, uh, the mayor and one other councilwoman fired back saying it was unnecessary and it was a waste of taxpayer dollars. And I'm just saying thanks for taking a stand, Lynchburg. Appreciate you. Um, but here's a story from a, uh, nope, not AL.com, USA Today. You can tell it's a thick one. Wow, a lot of paper in that one. So USA Today took, how many pages is this? They took five pages to tell us why bullet sales are the reason why mass shootings occur. Okay. It says on December 28th, the story came out, by the way, just, uh, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, America's mass shootings are as much about the, quote, free trade of bullets, the free trade of bullets, do they understand that when it's not against the law, the free market is what we're a part of? Free trade of bullets. America's mass shootings are as much about the free trade of bullets as they are about gun sales. And then they reference the Uvalde, Texas shooting that killed 19 children and two teachers. They say the gunman in the 2022 assault in Uvalde armed himself with more than 1,000 rounds of ammunition after spending about $5,000 on guns and bullets and gear. And he only fired 142 rounds inside the school. He had enough bullets to do more damage. Well, okay, you still have to reload. And so I am not trying to mitigate or minimize the impact of the Uvalde shooting. I'm not mocking that, not at all. But I, but I will mock this kind of ridiculous transference. Transference is when you take one thing unrelated and you, and you, and you say that it it's impacts this thing over here in order to justify your positions or your feelings. Well, we're not allowing transference in that regard. You can't go ahead and say, well, he was allowed to buy bullets. The whole world buys bullets. He, he could have done more if he had loaded more. He didn't load them. And he goes on to say, bullets, lots of bullets. He says, the article says, every year billions of bullets are sold in the U.S., making bullet sales a booming business. A recent trade report estimated that the global small caliber ammunition market is expected to reach $11.3 billion by 2030. So we're not there yet, but they want you to know that seven years from now, it's going to be an $11 billion industry. Why does that matter to Tanau? Mm. After a mass shooting, public attention inevitably returns to debate on control of guns. But with shooters so often stocked up on ammunition to kill as many as possible, many are left to what? Do they not understand? And by the way, I appreciate the fact that when you, when you get a few of the counterpoints finally going in this article, that the points are made, and I'll make them too. When you go to a gun range to practice, you burn rounds. You, you, you do. It's, it ain't nothing to go to the gun range, and depending upon what you're shooting that day, but to burn a couple hundred rounds. So if you're going to burn a couple hundred, but you don't want to have none left at the house, you got to buy four or five hundred, a thousand. Depends on what level of batches they sell them in. Then you find sales where like, oh, I can't pass that up. I got no ill intent, but I think I'll buy that thousand rounds. Well, they're looking right now at ways in different states to restrict ammunition sales, even requiring background checks. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even get to all of it, Boomer. Up against the break. Y'all stay tuned. Coming right back. Matt Butler, representative on the air. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right side.